It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. back to a new episode of the Fort Men Podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. He is um, an Australian. It's actually my first Australian guest that I've ever had on the podcast. And if I uh, could speak in Australian, I would. But sadly, when I uh, told Ben that I was going to try it, he said that my accent sounded more Ireland and uh, Scottish. So uh, I did not attempt to do it. So Ben, welcome to welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, mate. I, I still wish you had a go there. I, let, let, let me see uh welcome no okay that, that, that was going to be english you know what I, I i literally just can't even do australian so I, i'm going to leave the australian to you and uh I, I'll, I'll do english but i can refer to you as mate and uh why don't you just just say g'day mate g'day mate that's not bad it's not bad um i i could say something about like shrimp on the barbie or I, I, but, but still i just think i would still botch it yeah it, it doesn't make sense because we don't we don't say shrimp we say prawns so it yeah it doesn't make sense for us <laughs> so basically outback's been lying for yeah. for 20 plus years yeah yeah that's just not right that's just not right well you know we actually have so much in common i love it coming I, I was kind of thinking about you know how i would intro you and we're both husbands we both love long facetime calls we both grew up in construction, and we both happened to marry well-known women in the faith, and uh, we have so much in common. We we joke that we are each other's uh, just continent counterparts. You're you're the Australian version of me, and I'm the uh, American version of you. But now you live in America, so it, uh, it kind of defeats the purpose now. Yeah, it's it was bizarre when I remember first meeting you. We were at um, Taranaki LO conference. And I was, and I didn't know you then. I didn't even really know anyone, Sadie. I mean, that's just the story of my life, really. I just go to these events. I don't know anyone. I'm like, cool. Yep, happy to be here. But then I think Taya and Sadie were on stage, and I was looking down, and someone's like, oh, that's Sadie's husband. And I was like, man, that guy, he's he's like me. He's exactly the same as me. His wife is up there doing all this stuff, like whatever, you know, famous or whatever that means in the Christian world. Who knows? Yeah. And you're just sitting there in your seat. I'm sitting here in my seat. I'm like, that dude is actually me. <laughs> this is, it was crazy. It was like that scene from Step Brothers, which I don't know if, you, if you've seen Step Brothers, but it's when like, when it's like, do we just become best friends? Yeah. And there's just yeah. an instant bonding moment for us. And I, me- I remember it so vividly. Yeah, it, it happened. Yeah. It but it's funny. Happened. It's funny that you said that, that, that you don't know many people. And I feel like many people don't know you because you don't have social media, <laughs> which is the... Uh, <laughs> You know, something I really love about you, I think it speaks a lot to your humility and just who you are. So can you kind of share a little bit about maybe why you don't have social media and have you ever felt compelled to get it? Yeah, I've, I've never felt compelled to get it, ever. <laughs> Even like all Facebook, um, MySpace, all the, all the old ones as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just never, I never got into it, into the craze, like when people were and then... Um, yeah, it's not, I don't. It's not like I have anything um, strongly against it. It's not like I'm campaigning against social media. Um, it's more I just I see a lot of the damage that it can cause, um, and mainly a lot of the waste of time. Um, yeah. And so there's so much. There is a lot of good out of it. Like what what my wife does with it, it's awesome. Like you guys would experience as well. There's a lot of good. Um, but for me. 
I don't know, I just see it as such a waste of time and I just see so many people scrolling through, wasting their time in conversations and you're just like, man, this dude isn't even here right now. He's not even aware. Um, so, I don't know, I just, um, I just want to be present. I want to be in the moment and have my head up and see what's going on and, and be aware as opposed to just like totally absorbed by this thing that's like, designed to capture your, your attention and distract you so yeah yes yeah, well it's 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 cool because i mean you know taya posts a picture or a video of you every now and then but you're really like a mystery man yeah. <laughs> to millions of people uh, when, when we got when we got married there was like so many people questioning like who's this band and like even some of her friends in like different countries that like knew her well we're just like, man, who is this person? Like, I need to know, like, who is she with? Because she didn't even tell people that we were dating. So the first time people found out is when we got engaged. And so, yeah, there's some people freaking out. Yeah. Well, because I, I even remember when y'all got married and the pictures on social media, You, it was still like side profile shots of you. It was like <laughs> like back, like photos of like y'all's back together. And it, yeah. like you still, even when y'all got married, there was still never like a close up look of your face <laughs> yeah. yeah i like to keep it that way i know we'll see I, how love long that. I love that about <laughs> you do you feel like you know because i mean in reality you know your wife is super well known and you by association would be but you know i think with social media that you know not having that can maybe kind of limit that and do you feel like not having you know that outlet kind of helps take pressure off of you for when you do show up to events and when people yeah. just you know just, just you living your life out in public do you feel like not having that kind of takes the pressure off of you in that yeah definitely um yeah i think yeah i mean so many people it's strange so many people respect it as well like when when they find out i'm not on social media the first thing they usually say is oh wow like I, geez i wish i could do that and i'm like just do it like <laughs> delete just do it man but they um yeah i just just don't even think along those lines. I'm, I'm not even, um, yeah, I don't feel the pressure to um, be seeing things or liking things or commenting. Um, it's, I find it releasing, but because I've never been on it, it's just the way I've always lived. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned Taya before, uh, at least so far on this podcast. Can you kind of share briefly because i know when we got dinner a few months ago just how crazy y'all's you know y'all's story is of, of just meeting each other and getting mm. you know dating and getting engaged and getting married you don't have to give the full story but can you kind of give a brief backstory yeah. on just kind of how cool all the god stories in that story are yeah i'm glad you're asking me because if you ask taya she you know we'd be on here for like five hours so i'll give you the <laughs> the guy version yeah i'll give you the guy version um so um grew up in church and then moved to Hilltong, moved to a different church and again no social media so i didn't know anybody at all um and i met Taya for the first time in just a green room a room out the back of one of the, the services and um and just sat down and she sat down next to me i just started talking to her she was a really cool girl i was asking her what she does um and she's like oh, i work at church I'm like, cool, like, but what do you actually do? It's always a funny question now when people say I work at church. It's like, yeah, but what do you, what do you actually do at mm -hmm. church? Um, and then she's like, I sing a bit. And this is when she's like traveling, um, being with United for a number of years, doing lots of stuff. She's like, oh, I just sing. I'm like, oh, here or like other, other campuses? She's like, a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, good on you. I'm like, I'm like encouraging her, like saying well done. And as I'm in that room, all these people are like looking at me just like, who the heck is this guy? Like this, this dude has no idea what's going on or who this person is. So anyway, I'm like saying, good on you, well done. And then I just leave. And um, one of my close friends who I was there with, I was talking to him and saying, man, that girl, like she was really cool. Like she was, she was awesome. He's like, what, what girl was that? I'm like, you know, I don't know. I forget her name. It was, I know it was a weird name, but, she was like tall, curly hair. And he's like, was it this girl? Was it this girl? And I was like, no, nah, not that. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. And he's like, are you, are you talking about Taya? 
And I was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds like it. And he's like, you don't know who Taylor is? And I'm like, no, nah, I just met her. Like, she was the chick that was sitting next to me before. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, man. So he pulls up YouTube, shows me oceans or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, I can't believe. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, whatever. And then um, uh, so that couple of other things happened, but that started basically a three-year journey of um, me liking her, but she was just not in a place um, to date for a boyfriend or anything. She'd come out of um, a past relationship that she needed needed to deal with. And so, um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I, um, I sort of felt that I'd heard, I mean, I, I definitely do feel I heard from God about her and that, that she was the one, um, which is, which is, um, it's funny because I feel like that's every guy's dream to know, like, who am I marrying? And probably every girl's dream as well. Like, who is it? Who am I marrying? Mm-hmm. And then when God actually answers, which he, he did in my situation, my initial reaction was like, sweet, like, awesome. I don't have to do anything. Like, I'm marrying this girl, like, easy. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Um, but then that was a, th- a three-year journey. And for the first couple of months, I was like, you know, this is easy. And then after a couple of months, I was just like, man, this is not working. She was not in a place at all. She didn't want a bar of me. And I was just like, but I've heard from God. This is so this is so strange. So, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I, I realised that God was teaching me so much, teaching me about trusting in him, not just trusting in what was happening in front of me. In front of me, it wasn't working at all, but I knew God spoke to me. So learning to trust God for what he said, I I had never really been through um, a challenge or an experience where I had to truly do that. And this just forced me to to trust in what he said to me. Um, And then same for Taya, like she, she was going through a bunch of stuff that she had to take to God and deal with and and it's always better when that happens with God as opposed to, you know, me helping her through that or her helping me through something. So we were both fully and completely de- dependent on God. Um, and, yeah, so when, once we sort of got through that and I just completely let it go and just trust in God, which took me a long, long time, I just, I don't know if it's every man's, inkling to just go, I've got this, I can do this, I don't, I don't need um, any help. So it took me a long time to get over that. Um, and then we finally, yeah, connected. I mean, we, we would go out in these, we went on like three dates. I would call them dates. Toe would call them like catch-ups or hangouts. And I'd be like, hey, guy and a girl going to dinner is a date. That's you, not a catch-up. You paying for it, it's a date. Yeah, she wouldn't let me pay. I'd like try and pay. She just wouldn't. It, yeah, she she was tough. She was brutal. She was brutal. But we got there. We made it. So, what were you doing in those three years? And how many times do you feel like? Because, like you said, you did have to trust God in the, you know in that time period. Mm-hmm. How you know much did you want to take control of that situation? Maybe doubt what God, what, what you felt like God had spoken, and you know where were you at that mm-hmm. time of your life, and what what were you doing? Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, it was tough, man. It, it was it was proper tough. I um, I, yeah, the first three months, like I was saying, I was fine, um, and then the after that, when things weren't happening, I was I was wrestling with God, and I even like 
just developed a, a bad attitude towards God because I was questioning his um, questioning his like faithfulness, which is so crazy. I look back on that and I'm like, man, what the heck? Um, but yeah, I was um, just questioning his faithfulness and questioning why why would God do that? Why would God clearly say um, she is your wife, which which I felt when I was woken up one night? Um, why would he do that? And then just take me through this process of like it's not happening. And a lot of my friends, like during those three years, my friends started dating. They got engaged, married. Most of them had kids, started having kids. And it was just me and this other guy, my other mate, who were just single and like nothing on the horizon. (laughs) And everyone just going, man, this Taylor girl, she's not into you. Like I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, you just need to chill. Um, So, yeah, I just, it was was tough. It was frustrating. But, um, yeah, I just, it, it was just a process of trusting in God um, and I, I would always take it to him. Like I, I would, I, my prayer time is in the morning, my prayer and Bible time. I get up in the morning and I would go down to the beach because we live close to the beach. So I would take it to him every single day, um, sometimes morning and night, but every single morning. And I would just completely unload what was on my heart. And I, I would always end with, with like gratitude and thankfulness for what's happening in my life. But I would make sure that I would just be so real and honest with what with what's going on, and mm-hmm. that helped me. And I think that's I feel like that's where God wanted me to be, um, raw and real and honest, and express how I was feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. One of my favorite things about that story is that you and Taya actually met in a green room. <laughs> <laughs> me and you have some green room hot takes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I love I love that y'all met in the green room. That's so. I mean, it's so funny. It's like, you know, it really is like a little God wink of, you know, that is where y'all happen to meet. I just, I, I love that little small part of the story. Yeah. It's, I mean, leaving the church that I used to be a part of, I was like, I'm never stepping into a green room ever again. Like I just, that whole vibe is just not, not my vibe. And then it just so happens to marry this girl and everything we do is in a flipping green room. So, <laughs> I love it so much. Are you still are you are you still in the corner of most green rooms? I imagine. Yeah, I either just avoid them or I just yeah go straight to the corner. Just I don't know what I do. I don't have social media, so I can't sit on my phone and just scroll through. I just yeah, just talk That's to some random. And you're wearing a hat. You we're, we're we're both wearing hats like ninety percent of the time. So you just kind of just put your hat down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you just kind of mentioned a little bit about you know, the church that you left before you went to go do stuff with Hillsong. What, um, you know, so growing up, what, you know, what was your church background like growing up and how do you feel like you've adapted to now? Because now, I mean, you know, you guys travel the world and you're in all kind of different churches and denominations and events and venues. How do you feel like, you know, the way that you grew up has maybe shaped things that you like about the church now, things that maybe you think the church can be better at? How do you feel like just that your experience growing up is kind of adapted or shaped kind of the way that you, you know, y'all do things now? Yeah. I mean, so I grew up, I grew up in church, parents, Christians, got two older brothers, they're Christians. So I grew up in church um, and predominantly Pentecostal churches, which, which is, has been great for like youth has been great for um, like the younger years and youth groups and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's been, I went to a Christian school as well and it's been, it's been awesome. Um, but coming from like the construction industry, it's church and construction, as you probably know, it's, they're just like polar opposites I found. So I always wanted to um, be sort of real and relevant and just normal in, in the church world, it's so so easy to get caught up in um, just, a, just a bubble, just a different life, do you know what I mean, that just doesn't really translate to the, the nine to five. And so I've taken those experiences everywhere, wherever we go to different conferences and whatever, big and small, just trying to be myself. Like, yes, I'm 
growing up in the church and I, I know this, this world well, but um, I just don't ever want to lose myself into um, the, the church bubble, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, whatever that is, and just not, not be relatable, not be understandable to the people that we're actually trying to reach. The whole reason why, you know, Taylor and I moved over here um, is to, for her to release music and travel and sing and worship to reach people. It's not to reach the church people. It's, you know, in, in part it is, but predominantly to people outside of that. So I don't ever want to um, lose lose touch with with what's happening out, outside the church walls. Yeah, that's cool. I love, I love how you just mentioned, you know, that idea of construction of faith because I, I feel like personally, I feel like there's actually a lot of parallels between you know, construction of faith, maybe not the quote unquote industry, but, you know, just from a foundation standpoint, right. You know, there's so many verses in the Bible about building, Mm. you know, about building your house on the rock. And really what that means is just having, you know, that firm foundation and not building your house Mm. in the sand. And, you know, even the, uh, the parables where it's like, you know, who sits down to build the tower and, you know, doesn't count the cost and then he doesn't have enough money to finish it. Then everybody mm. who walks by him will ridicule him saying, you know, he didn't complete what he finished. And I, it's just so cool. Cause I think there's like, there really are so many cool parallels between, you know, construction and our faith with that idea of, you know, what are you building your life on? What is your foundation laid on? Is it materialistic things? Is it, you know, things that ultimately, you know, when something comes, it's going to wash it away or is it built on, a firm foundation is it built on some is it built on something solid that you know when things do come is it gonna tear the house down or is it gonna shake it a little bit but is it built yeah. on that foundation that it's not gonna ultimately get torn down yeah and that's that yeah the practical side of um yeah experience in the construction industry relating that to to the church world and what we're doing that that helps for sure like all those verses that you're talking about um that that helps me practically to put things into perspective. So, yeah, totally. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay get that yeah well it's cool too because i mean because i'd i'd even like you know what you just said about the industry and just because i I do think i do really think that there is a church bubble and i think that sometimes you know when you surround yourselves with people that think just like you and believe the same things as you do and talk just like you and you can just develop that bubble to where you kind of do lose touch of what's actually happening you know in the world and maybe even with culture um you know, not that you conform to that, but you are aware of, you know, the normal nine to five, like most people, like that's what they do. They're in the world working jobs and yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a different lingo than people who work in the church and are just, you know, surrounded by church meetings and, you know, just always around other believers. And, um, I love that. So what do you feel like, because, you know, you, you, you do do construction. How do you feel like, you know, going from maybe working more with secular people, but then you're also super involved in church because, you know, even now y'all just finished building a church. And I mean, I don't know if everybody who was on your construction team working are believers as you're building, as you're building a place of worship, you know, how do you feel like you kind of, um, you know, balance out the two and obviously not give in to, you know, cultural stuff, but how do you feel like you, you know, kind of, you're 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 still in touch with things that are actually happening in the world, and you're not just mm. so confined to a church bubble. Yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, so we just I just did finish a project here in Orange County with a warehouse conversion to a church, and none of them, as far as I know, none of them were Christians, but a lot of them were like quite impacted by just the way we worked or the way I worked. Um, I just again just try and be myself and and stay um, real and honest, um, and I think that that says a lot to them. Like I've always felt the the strongest form of evangelism for me has just been through action, through through deed. Um, I'm definitely not the best preacher. You don't want to see me on stage, that's for sure. But <laughs> um, through action and through deed, it says so much, especially in the in the construction industry where there seems to be, um, I don't know, shady business that can go on quite easily. It's it's fairly common, and so when when you choose to take the higher road or you choose to do things honourably, um, it it speaks volumes to a lot of these guys because they're just not used to it. You know, even the the builder or the, the GC, as you guys say, you guys say general contractor, we say builder. Yeah. Well, you said both. Um, we, we say both. Yeah. But we, don't say, we, but we don't say, we say subs. Y'all, what do y'all say? We say subbies or subcontractors. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of subbies. Subbies. Oh man, there's we could go on. There's a lot of different lingo that I was just like, "What are you talking about?" Even like the city, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, dealing with the city is so hard." And I'm like, "You talking about like Los Angeles City?" Because we say council for the city. Yeah. And so um, I was. It took me ages, man, to get used to the lingo over here. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, he, um, you know, he he this. GC had come from a, a past job where he's owed like um, sixty or seventy thousand dollars because his past client just didn't pay him, and so we were doing our best to be prompt with payments and like honouring and like checking things, and that just like spoke volumes to him. It was just unbelievable for him, but for us, it's just like it's just normal. It's like no, you do the right thing by people, you honour people, um, and you respect them. You respect the work they do. For us, it's normal, but for him, it's huge. So I just, yeah, I mean, the Bible is full of different principles um, about that, which if you uphold, um, that's evangelism. Yeah, that's so cool. Because I do think, I mean, I really do think that sometimes we just can so overcomplicate it. You know, it's like you don't necessarily have to be on the job set every day talking about Jesus and, you know, pushing something down their throat or whatever. But you could, like you said, just through action and deeds, just lead by example, be kind, be generous. You know, like there's so many practical things like that that do speak volumes because they are countercultural. You know, we don't live in a, you know, we live in a generation and just a time where people genuinely just aren't the nicest and they're not caring. They're not interested in how other people are doing. They're not, you know, they can be shady because ultimately they just want what's best for themselves. And I think if the more that you go against the grain of that, you know, that's what speaks volumes and more than you talking about Jesus is actually how you living, how that's actually impacted you. That Like that's what makes it attractive. You know, it's like if if we're evangelistic and we're just talking about it, but then, you know, our life is like, you know, we look miserable and like we're just not nice people. I mean, you know, fill in the blank, whatever word you want to use. I mean, like that's what turns off people to to church and faith is if you're not genuine and you don't actually live like anything's impacted your life yeah and that's i mean that's what love your neighbor that's what love is like um ain't like traditional jews ancient jewish people they see love and action as like the same thing love isn't just saying like hey man you're awesome like i support you or whatever love is like acting that out what does that look practically Mm. and it's even on the flip side of i often say to people that like 50% 50% of love is the, the supporting, the um, encouraging side. But then the other 50 is like calling stuff out and like calling out blind spots and saying to people like, hey, the, you know, close friends. And it's obviously it's, it's complex and you do it in certain ways. But there's a, there's a whole other side of love, which is um, being honest and, and being, um, yeah, being real and, and true to helping this person um, grow in Christ or if they're not a Christian, like being real and acting out what love looks like in their in their lives as opposed to just 
encouraging or saying a couple of words, which is just easy. That's what's even cool too about that story. It's like, you know, you're not making prop payments and you're not, you know, being caring and generous and you're not loving your neighbor because you're expecting to get something in return. It's because, no, that's actually just who you are. It's like, no, I'm actually going to be, you know, justice in this. I'm actually going to, you know, be, you know, fair and even and just, a good steward because that's just who I am. It's not like, you know, it's even just the scripture, like, you know, uh, you know, when Jesus is talking about, um, you know, loving those who love you, what good is that? Even the Pharisees do that. But, you know, when you love someone who hates you and actually persecutes you, like that's when it gets difficult, you know? So for, even for a general contract, like, like you're talking about, if they're, you know, still being a stickler or whatever, they're still being rude, like, but you're just doing your part, right? You're still just making prompt payments because this is what you do. It's not to get something in return or to get recognition. It's just, no, that's just what's just the right thing to do. And I don't even think about it just because that's just who I am. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, then you go into like the whole convicting side of things, which is God first loved us. Um, so we should love as well. It's the same with forgiveness. Like we, when you really think about it, we have no right not to forgive people. Um, like I've, I've been saying the Lord's Prayer in the mornings. It's like a, a thing that I've been doing for a while. And when I get to like the forgiveness part, I ask God, forgive me of my sins and I list them and then I forgive others. And I mention a couple of people that I might have unforgiveness towards or like a grudge. Um, but then after a while, I'm like, man, I don't think it's enough to just be like, I, just, I forgive this person for this and then I move on and then go about my day. I think it takes a little bit more than that. Like if I, if I really want to, if I like love this person, which God calls us to love your neighbor, I need to try for reconciliation. You know, I don't, th- the Bible doesn't promise that we're going to be reconciled with everybody, but we can at least try. And you know, that verse um, passage in Matthew, which is, talks about if someone sins against you, go and approach them. If that doesn't work, bring a friend. If that doesn't work, bring an elder from the church. And if that doesn't work, um, then you leave it. You sort of set up boundaries and and have distance so you, you're protecting yourself. So reconciliation isn't, isn't promised, but I think God wants us to try mm-hmm. to reconcile. And that's that whole action thing that I'm talking about. It's not about just saying a couple of things or sort of pretending I think God wants us to actually go and act it out and go the extra mile. Um, so yeah, I don't know how we got onto that, but anyway. <laughs> no, that's so good. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, obviously I can mention so many things I love about you, but I, I, I kind of want to talk on this for a second, and you can you know speak as much to it as you want. But I feel like I feel like a, some, so often the world you know judges significance by how big something is. And something that I love about you is you really do love what you do, you know, construction. And, and it's something that's that's super cool. And I think it's really valuable. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Well, how do you feel like, you know, you kind of balance between traveling the world with Taya, but also staying committed to what you feel like God has called you to, which, you know, is construction. Sometimes it looks like nine to five, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, sometimes you're traveling, sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you're planted doing what you're passionate about, what you, what you feel like God's called you to do. How do you feel like, you know, it might not look as big as something else, even in, in, the, in the small things, but you're still committed to it because that's what, you feel like God's put that passion in your heart. Yeah, I mean, it's an ongoing thing for sure. It's an ongoing um, thing I'm trying to work out and navigate as to what to do and what's right in different seasons. You know, so before we moved here, I was doing the nine to five, which is really like 8.30 to 5.30 or 6. Like if you if you leave at 5 p.m., it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that, that corporate culture kind of thing. Um 
And yeah, I was doing that for 12 years, full time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then here, when we first moved here, we were applying for green cards. So I couldn't work. So I did like six, seven months, no work. It was just, it was so crazy. It was just completely opposite to what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, when we met, when, when, when we met, you were just kind of just chilling. You were so, you were waiting on your green card. Then it was like right after that, it was like you'd got it. Then it was kind of like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Yeah. I was literally for six months, I had, was just floating and then I got it. And it's like I'd never thought what I was going to do because I, I received it. And I was like, man, do I just like get a job at like Ralph's or something or like at a service <laughs> station? Like, I was like, what do I do? Um, but then God provided, like literally two days later, this job came up with this warehouse conversion. Um, so he's, he's provided. But, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm constantly um, navigating and figuring out what's right, um, trying to listen to, to the voice of God, which is um, someone spoke that over us when we first moved here and they provided a whole bunch of stuff, which was amazing. And they were just like, hey, you just got to listen to the voice of God. If you're listening to the voice of God, he will provide. And he has done that um, over and over again with us. So, yeah, just I like the the contrast with what I do and what Taya does. And when that sort of aligns and we, we go on trips, it, it's great. But I do like the balance. Um, yeah. I think it's healthy. Whether that looks like that forever, I, I don't know. But for the moment, it's it's great. I, I find it really healthy. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, Cause man, it is like, you know, like you said, we're filming this on, uh, what's it? We're filming this on Tuesday and this will go live on Friday. So right now you're in California, but then tomorrow, Wednesday, you're flying to New York, you know, to meet her on, on tour. And it's just so cool because like you said, it is, you know, it is such a contrast of like going, you know, from the construction field to now being across the U S you know, being in a green room, <laughs> you know, at an event, but it's so cool because I, cause at least for me, I just think there's such a relatability to like, you know, being immersed in things that are happening in the world and then taking that into church because it's just, I mean, like Jesus was a carpenter, right? Like, so it's just cool. Like for however many years before he started his public ministry, he was doing real work right and then he went on then he went on to do you know evangelism and obviously i mean jesus is you know another just like can't really compare us to jesus uh but i'm saying it's just cool like just the work aspect of you know actually getting out and being involved in things that are happening you know in your city in orange county like and you know talking with general contractors general contractors and talking with subs and subbies and you know all these people and then you take you know those real world life experiences into church and, and, and into these places that y'all go and it you know it's just there's such a relatability to it and there's such just a genuineness to it because it's you know it's your life and it's 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 what you're living and it's out in the real world yeah i don't i don't ever want to lose it i think something's gone majorly wrong if we if we lose touch with with the people that we're sort of reaching and, and speaking to in their everyday life. And I just, I don't ever want to lose that. What, uh, what do you feel like has been the biggest adjustment moving from Australia to the U S the biggest, the biggest adjustment. Um, I was, a, I am a surfer. I was going to say I was a surfer, but in Sydney, I surfed a lot more. The beaches over here are a little different, um, but mainly the cold water. I mean, this is, this is a random one. It is so cold here, man. I mean, I know you do like you do ice baths and all that stuff, don't you? I do. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you hooked on it. Yeah, I, pro I mean, I hear all about it. it. Sounds awesome, but the water here is cold, man. And I'm not. Yeah. Well, surfer, don't you own a wetsuit? Yeah, but sometimes you just want to like boost down to the beach and go for a swim, and I'm just like, hey, that's true. Freezing. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's that was a shock. It's because it's so warm here. Orange County is it's it's hot. Like it, I feel like it's just summer all year round. Um, and then you jump in the water and it's like you're in Antarctica. Well, Nick Kane, this is actually funny. So that Nick Kane told me this is like a month ago at this point that the reason that uh, that uh, California is like so warm and the water so cold because it has something to do with the humidity. 
like the reason that there's no humidity in California is because the water's cold. There's some, there's some kind of like f- filtration system or something. I don't really, I didn't feel, I didn't fully understand it, but like Florida, like it's super humid in Florida and the water's really hot, but there's something about California and how the water's super cold, which makes it not humid in California, but it's still hot, but it's not, there's no humidity to it because of the water or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. don't really know all the science behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. All I know is it's just cold. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Well, you know, it's really cool and inspiring just to hear you even talk about, you know, having, w- w- would you say that you're a pretty routine person? Yeah. 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 That, cause, cause I, I really am too, but I think something that I'm can be not routine with is like, when I have a quiet time, I mean, I usually have it usually every day. Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's afternoon, sometimes it's at night. Um, but for you, you know, it's just cool to hear you talk about going to the beach in the morning and having a quiet time, having your, your Bible time and your prayer time. How do you feel like, um, you know, that just impacts the way that you live? And how do you feel like, um, you know, that just kind of shapes how you start your day man it is it's everything if if i don't have that then then like what am i i mean this i um yeah i I need that i find the start of the day is best for me um sometimes it doesn't look like that um because of whatever flying or just you know things um but yeah it's it's everything um it's it's how it's what shapes my day it's what shapes uh, my outlook my attitude. Um, plus I just, I just want to hear from God and you know, it's, it's easy once you've been a Christian for a long time, um, and being in the church world, it's easy to just get comfortable and, and get a little bit complacent. It's, it's super easy. It's like a battle. It's like an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I want to hear from God and it's a relationship. So it's a two way thing, you know, God can speak to us at any time, and he does, but I want to hear from him all the time. I want to be the one um, approaching God and praying to God and seeking him because I feel like God wants to speak to us every day all the time, but how much am I getting in the way of that? You know, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so it, it's it's huge in, in my life, and I'm and I'm thankful for Taya as well because it's, it's huge for her. She... She is so diligent with her. She calls it JC time, her Jesus Christ time. <laughs> um, she can do it. She's a bit different. She can be like in a cafe and have headphones on and be journaling and like reading a Bible. I just, I can't do that. I need to be away from people, whether it's at the beach or there's like a reserve, like a park near us. I go there or even just upstairs and she's downstairs. Um, so it's, it's, different but she's so diligent as well which helps me um and it helps me to stay um focused with that as well but it's everything man absolutely everything i love that is there anything specific that you feel like you've been being taught lately probably geez where do we where do we start where do we start how how, how deep do we go we we go i think we 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 go deep on the podcast yeah we get deep we get deep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well yeah i mean our our lives are so different to what they were we moved here january last year so you know a year and a half ago our lives were very different when now um just in the in the music industry in the music world um still same church but different location and a lot of stuff is happening in church right now um, the music industry is just a completely different area to what I'm used to. And so I think um, God is um, in- encouraging or just revealing to us the importance of having tough conversations, the importance of us, um, yeah, having tough conversations and um, being serious about where we where we go to church, who we allow speak into our lives and not just, um, I don't know, it's, it's still something I'm working out. But, yeah, we're just in the season of um, 
just transition and a season in um, being honest and making sure that we're in a place that we um, trust leadership, trust governance, and and not just cruising along just because it's easy and it's it's um, what we've always done, but highlighting things and highlighting blind spots, kind of like what I was saying before, um, that that um, need to be exposed and need need to be talked about. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but no, that does. Yeah, no, no, that's so good because I mean. I even just, you know, can resonate with, with that last part you said, because they can be, you know, especially when, if, if, if we're traveling a lot and, you know, at events and venues, whatever, it can be easy to get in that mindset of just kind of coasting, you know, and just kind of just going through the motions. Do you feel like you ever kind of feel like you're in that? Yeah, totally. I mean, especially when, um, you do sort of long stints of on the road and going to different churches or, or venues or whatever, it can be very easy to yeah. to um, slip and fall into the motion. But I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm hyper aware of that and I just um, I try and deal with that really quickly and that's my morning prayer time is what rescues me from that because it, I'm just so honest and so so raw with God and whether it's just me coming to the answers because I'm just getting it out of God, the Holy Spirit, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that stuff. Um, it helps me just to snap out of that going through the motions um, because I just don't, I just don't ever want to be that person. Yeah, that's so good. No, that's so true. And I, I think that's what's cool too because I, I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm super like hyper aware of that, but it's just what like, you know, it's what do you do when you are hyper aware of that? Do you change it or do you kind of just sit in it because i think sometimes i can just you know call myself an idiot and just you know beat myself up about it rather than you know actually repenting of it and changing of it and you know not just sitting and sulking and you know kind of self-pity but how do you actually make a change when you do feel like you're in those seasons and in those times of just you know, like, like where it is easy to coast, you know, we're going to be here tomorrow, then we're just on a bus traveling and it's easy to, you know, not read or not make the time because it's loud and there's always people around us. And, you know, how do you diligently make time for what you, you know, what you ultimately love? Yeah. And that's where friendship, you know, friends, true friends, like that thing I was talking about with love, like the friends that are going to encourage and support, but then the friends that are also going to call out stuff and go hey how is your like prayer time going mm-hmm. like where are you at with this um which is super rare but the older i get and the more we get immersed in this this world um of traveling and touring and all that the the i just see how important it is to have those kind of friendships um and yeah you, you need those you need those man we need those I mean, hopefully I am that to you. I haven't called out anything yet, but don't you worry, it's coming. <laughs> no, you are. We uh no, I love I I love I love how much we talk and I I mean I'm gonna have you back on the podcast because there's so many other things that I want to ask you that I didn't even get a chance to get to. Um but I do I have one last question for you and uh just just because I'm actually just gen genuinely curious. What is your favorite song by your wife? <laughs> Uh, favorite. You can't say song. oceans. No, no. You can't no, it's say good, that. But it's, it's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's probably one. It's on it's on a record. It's called Glory Hallelujah. Um, but it's funny. I she she hate me for saying this, but I liked one of the older versions. It was kind of like a demo version of the song. It was like super. Um, it, it was kind of like a hymn. Um, but what's on the record, I really, really like, and she hasn't sung it anywhere yet. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think she's sung it anywhere. And I just keep saying, Hey, that song is epic. Like, you know, I know nothing, man. It's so funny. Like, I'm just like, that's a banger. That's going to be huge. And everyone's just like, you clearly have no idea. Um, but it's yeah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. It's like the second or third last song on her, on her latest album. Oh, Awesome. Um, so, yeah. I would say, obviously, I can't say oceans because that's just 
super basic, <laughs> but I do love oceans. Um, Splinters and Stones, which is not a, I love that song. I feel like mm-hmm. not many people sing that, but they should. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Grace to Grace. I feel like those are probably my two. Yeah, yeah. Those are two of my ones yeah. at the top. Yeah. Now this, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. She's, I'll what, let her do all that stuff. What is that, what is that feeling like when you're driving and, and she comes on the radio? Um, I just laugh. She turns it off. There was one time when we were dating, she doesn't remember this, but we, um, we, I picked her up, got her from apart, her apartment, jumped in the car. And then, you know, when your, your Bluetooth just connects to your car and just plays uh-huh. a song, but like, it, it, it jumped onto like Apple Music, which but I, I don't use that. I use um, Spotify. So it, it went on to Apple Music and it went on to, I don't, I don't know if it was Oceans or one of the songs, and it just like was blaring in the car at like one of the peak points where she's singing. And I'm like pushing buttons, like trying to stop this thing. And she's like, what's this guy just like listening to me on the way to pick me up? <laughs> it's like super embarrassing. That is oh. hilarious. That is so weird. Why? Yeah, if you don't use Apple Music, that is so. It's just I don't know. Like Apple, I don't know if that is a common thing. But with with the Apple phone, it always goes to Apple Music. That's true. It does. Yeah, that's true. So it just did that, and it just went to her song, and it was on loud. I feel like like you had to have been listening to it if it just (laughs) if it just picked it up. Nah, man. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well. Man, thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, seriously, seriously, you're going to be back on the podcast because I have so many other things that I want to talk about. And we're just, you know, I love our friendship. And I think we could talk for for hours about, you know, things we love, things we uh, think could be better. And maybe just mm. our little little brains getting together and thinking about how we can make a difference in it. So, yeah, uh, I love you and I'm grateful for you and our friendship and uh, just really thankful that you're able to join me today. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Let's, let's do it in person next time. Let's do it in person. Yeah. See, you should have, you should have booked that flight. All right. We could have done will. this. We could have done this in person. Yeah. It would have been better. It's okay. I forgive you. Next time we'll make it happen. <laughs> Sweet man. Uh, Thanks. Heaps.